request that is so audacious that you think there is no way that God can answer my prayer. That's what I want to talk about today. These people in that video clip, they persevered in trying to put out that fire. But there came a point where only God could answer their prayer. And I don't know about you, but, but I find myself, I'm a very stubborn person at times. And I'm not stubborn in all things. But if I put my mind to something, I will do something until I'm kind of like blue in the face. Until my hands are bleeding because I'm so stubborn that I'm going to finish what I started. And when I first got married, or just before I got married, I should say, a couple of weeks, my wife had what can only be described as a ghetto car. And it was this geo prison that was built in 1995, and it was like 10 years old, and it was falling to pieces. Uh, the, uh, the heating could only be changed by a, a pair of pliers. Uh, one day she pulled down like the visor and, uh, to look at the mirror, and the visor came off in her hand. Uh, it was just like a ghetto car. And we were going to go on a long trip, and we were getting married in Florida, and we were going to drive down to Florida, and it's going to be like 12 hours. And we decided, well, let's try to take the ghetto car. Well, she only had this radio. Her tape didn't play in there or anything like that, so she only had a radio. And we decided one day, okay, it would be nice to, to put a nice like, CD player and a nice stereo in this ghetto car. And like, just a word of warning, if you've got a ghetto car, don't try to put a nice stereo in the ghetto car. It just doesn't work. Just get a new car or like, just get an iPod or, or something like that. But anyway, so we bought this CD player, and me being the, 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 the guy who can fix anything, right, uh, I decided I'm going to put this in myself instead of getting a professional to do it. So I pull out the tape player, and it took a whole lot of work, and it took a saw and some more pliers to get the, the tape uh, uh, player out of the, of the unit. And then I got this bright, shiny new CD player, and I went to put it in. And normally, it's real easy to do it because like, there's two connections, and you just just connect the connections together. But if you've got like a 1995 ghetto car, the connections don't work with a nice new CD player. And so I saw that didn't work, so I thought, well, I could rewire it. I'm like, it's not hard to rewire a plug, so how hard would it be to rewire a stereo? Well, to cut a long story short, after a lot of cutting away at wires and about four hours later, I discovered that I totally messed up the whole sound system in that car and I could not put the CD player in. So I decided to try to put the tape player back in, but I'd cut so much and messed it up that it just didn't work. I was like super stubborn. And after like about 30 minutes, Raquel came out and she says, don't worry about it. Just like, don't bother. We'll take it back and we'll think of something else. But me being so stubborn, and trying to like show off to my wife-to-be, I was like, I can do it, I can fix it. Because I was like stubborn. But I persevered in my stubbornness. But I've discovered that stubbornness and pride can only keep you in the game for so long. And eventually the stubborn falter and the proud are humbled. And that day I faltered and I was humbled. But I've discovered that those who persevere without stubbornness and without pride, are normally the ones who finish the race and they're the ones that see the long-term results. When I was at school, there was a story that I heard. It was a story about a guy called Robert the Bruce. How many of you have ever seen the movie uh, Braveheart? And Braveheart is like 
the, the worst, uh, 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 worst uh, story on history ever because it's just totally false. And they make out this guy in there called Robert the Bruce to be like this weak guy. But actually, Robert the Bruce was called the savior of Scotland. He was like the prince of Scotland. And at one point in the history of Scotland, the English were attacking the Scottish and they were trying to overtake the Scottish. And Robert the Bruce was the leader of Scotland, and he had, uh, he had got this great army, he had recruited this great army, and they went to fight against the English. But the problem was, is the English were just bigger, and they were better than the Scots, and uh, they still are bigger and better than the Scots, I just want to put that there. But anyway, um, but they were bigger and better than the Scots. And so the English attacked the Scots, and they beat the Scots. And Robert the Bruce suffered a huge defeat. But Robert the Bruce, he was like, okay, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep uh, fighting the English till we defeat the English and get the English back over the border to England. And so they fought again and lost again. And they fought two more times, and every time they lost. And they suffered casualties. They suffered great losses. And in the end, Robert the Bruce was so dejected, so he was so down on himself that he decided to run. And he ran to the highlands of Scotland where nobody else but, but a few sheep and that's about it were there. And he decided to run away from everybody else because the English were coming after Robert the Bruce. And Robert the Bruce found himself so dejected, so miserable, so depressed, so down that he sat in this cave in the highlands of Scotland And he contemplated so many things. He contemplated taking his life. He contemplated running away to Ireland, trying to run away to France. He did not know what to do. But all he knew that he was giving up. And as he sat there and he welled in his self-pity, he looked up and in the corner of the cave, there was this spider. And this spider had this great ambition of trying to spin this huge web in this cave. And he said, uh, and, and the story goes that the spider decided to get the, the silt that whatever we, the spider makes. And he crawled across the whole cave, and he tried to spin this web that was so big. And every time he got to the other side, the wind would blow into the cave, and it would knock the web down. And, and the spider would have to start all over again. And he watched the spider do it once, and then he watched him do it twice. And Robert the Bruce thought to himself, he thought, oh, spider, just give it up, because you're never going to be able to spin this web. And after the fourth time of the spider trying to spin this web and the wind just coming and knocking the web away, Robert the Bruce thought to himself, he thought, that spider is just like me. He's tried four times and on the fourth time, he failed every time. And he thought he just should just give it up. And he put his head down and he just started to wail in his self-pity even more. And then suddenly the story goes that Robert the Bruce looked up. And as he looked up, He said that the spider started to try to spin the web a fifth time. And on the fifth time, he saw that the spider suddenly was able to get to the other side and then get back again. And in the end, he watched as his spider spun this beautiful web. And as, as the wind roared in, it didn't affect the web because the web had become so strong. And Robert the Bruce thought to himself, he thought, you know, if this spider can keep going and spin this web, then what's to stop me leading the armies of Scotland against England? And so Robert the Bruce got up. He was now motivated. 
He recruited again an army and he told the story of the spider. And the Scots then went out that day and they defeated the English for the first time ever. And they put the English across the border. And for their whole lifetime, Robert the Bruce's lifetime, the English never persecuted the Scots again. You see, Robert the Bruce discovered that you must persevere in prayer. And we've discovered through this series, this Hey There God series, that we've discovered how effective the prayer of desperation is. When you are so desperate for something, we have have discovered how effective that is. We've also seen it is vital to, to our life how we must consistently pray to God every day. Now imagine if you put these together, these two types of prayer, with perseverance in prayer. Perseverance in prayer is the type of prayer where you keep on asking and asking from God. The type of prayer that means that you keep on praying despite the lack of response from God. This is the prayer of perseverance. And only the very few are able to do or pray the prayer of perseverance. Yet, those who are able to persevere in prayer are the ones who see incredible results in the end. You know, there was someone in the Bible who persevered in prayer, and the results were amazing. And I want us to take a look today at this person who persevered in prayer. Just like the video, this person was a person who prayed for rain. What a crazy prayer to pray for rain. But yet, we're going to see that this person prayed, and God answered their prayer. So if you have your Bibles this morning, there's two different places that we're going to at. One is James chapter 5, and the other is uh, the First Kings chapter 18. But if you want to turn to James chapter 5 first, and looking at verses 17 and 18, it says there, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, The sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. So we've got this guy here. His name is Elijah. And he has prayed that it would not rain in the land that he lived. And the Bible says for three and a half years it did not not rain. And then he prayed again that it would rain. And the Bible says that it started to rain. You know, throughout history... Elijah has been revered by Israel as probably the greatest prophet who has ever lived. You know, this man was used by God to perform the most incredible miracles. You know, this guy, Elijah, the Bible tells us, on his own, he defeated 300 priests of of a God called Baal, who wanted his blood, who wanted to come against him. But yet Elijah on his own defeated 300 of them. The Bible also tells us that uh, Elijah was a man who defiled the most powerful leaders of his day. And they wanted to kill him and wanted his blood. But Elijah was able to escape them. The Bible also tells us that Elijah was a man who raised people from the dead. So people who were dead. I mean, like their heart was not beating anymore. Elijah prayed and people were raised from the dead. The Bible also tells us that Elijah was hungry one time. And he prayed to God, and God sent ravens to come and feed him. 
And I'm not talking about like the Ray Lewis's or the Joe Flacco Ravens. I'm talking about those ugly blackbird Ravens. And they came and they brought food to Elijah. Elijah was a successful man in prayer. But yet behind all of his success, there was a man who knew how to communicate with God. For when Elijah prayed, God answered the prayer. So let me set the scene for you this morning. So Elijah prayed that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. You may think, well, what a strange request to ask for it not to rain. Well, the reason he asked for it not to rain is because the nation of Israel had turned their back on God. And they started to follow a false god called called Baal. And they started to worship this false god. And then there were these priests that rose up and they encouraged everybody to worship this false god. So these people had turned their back on God and they turned towards another god. And Elijah was so mad about this. He was so incensed that these people had turned their back on God. He decided to pray judgment upon these people. So he prayed, God, just let it not rain so these people will have famine. And you know what the incredible thing is? Is that God answered his prayer. Now, I don't know about you this morning because you're probably all like really nice people and good and you don't dislike anybody. But I don't know if any of you have like prayed a prayer when someone has like upset you or hurt you or they've done something bad towards you. You're like, God, just take them out. I mean, come on, just do something. Take them out. I've prayed those prayers, you know. I mean, they probably haven't lasted long, but I've prayed them. Well, Elijah prayed one of these prayers. He was like, God, show Israel a lesson. And the amazing thing is that God showed Israel the lesson. And what we see is that three and a half years later, there was this great battle that has taken place on this mount called Mount Carmel. And Elijah has defeated 300 priests of Baal. And we won't go into that story. But from the result of that is that people started to worship God again. And the Bible says that Elijah restored worship unto God in Israel. And so Elijah decided, okay, these people have turned back to God, so now I'm going to pray that it will rain, so that the famine will end no more. And so this is where we're at. So if you want to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, and starting at verse 41, it says there, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, since after all this stuff has happened, he says, Get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Let's just stop there for a moment. So Elijah hasn't prayed for rain yet. Elijah, and we'll see in a minute, is about to go and pray to God that God will send the rain upon Israel. But before he prays, we see that Elijah, there is something that's going on with Elijah. In fact, we see that Elijah's request for rain is governed by something he hears. By something he he hears. You know, Elijah just didn't pray for anything. Elijah prayed in accordance to the things that he could hear. The Bible tells us that Elijah said to Ahab, and Ahab was the king of the day, he says, go and eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now think about this for a moment. There's been no rain for three and a half years. The land is in famine. The skies are clear. There is no sound of any rain. No one can hear anything. 
But yet, Elijah said, I can hear a mighty rainstorm coming. There was something about Elijah, that Elijah could hear something that nobody else could hear. And I believe that when you are in touch with God, when you communicate with God, your hearing becomes sensitive to the things of God. And when you're in touch with God and you communicate with God, you will start to hear things that nobody else can hear. And I ask you today, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? Actually, I'll continue. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you expecting? What are you seeing, hearing, feeling, and expecting? Those are the things that you ought to pray about. Because the people of God can hear things that other people can't hear. And that is the voice of God. You know, I believe that Elijah, he couldn't hear a physical thunderstorm. But I believe he could hear God saying that rain is coming. Now pray about it. And so let's, let's look at what happened. So before Elijah did anything, he prayed in accordance to what he could hear. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 30, uh, 42, it says that. It says, so Ahab the king went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. You know, if there is one thing that will turn you away from God, it is pride. I believe that God hates pride. I believe that God cannot stand pride. And if there is one thing that will turn you away from God, it is pride. But if there is one thing that will bring you closer to God, it is humility. And we see here that Elijah he tells Ahab, he says, okay, I can hear a thunderstorm coming. Go and eat and drink. And while, while Ahab is going away and eating and drinking, the Bible tells us that Elijah got on his own. He went and climbed to, to the top of the mountain. Then he bowed to his knees. And then he put his head between his knees. You notice before Elijah said anything to God, before he made any request to God, before he prayed anything, Elijah bowed before God. He came to God in a place of humility. And just as if you were to see a king or a queen today, you would bow if you were a guy or you would curtsy if you were a lady. And the reason you would do that is because you are saying to them that you are beneath them and they are above you. And when you come to God, you must bow in prayer. Maybe not physically, but you must bow in your own like heart before God. And as you do that, you are saying, God, you are greater than I am. You know, when you come before the God of this universe, humility is the key. For did you know that God is actually greater than you? You are actually below God. He is greater than you. And actually, did you know that you 
and and myself included, we do not deserve an audience with God. The Bible tells us that we are sinners in the sight of God. And we do not deserve to even have an audience with God. But yet, God loves you and me so much that He desires an audience with you and me. But that still doesn't mean when we come to God that we don't come to God in humility. You know, I believe that God loves humble prayers. And let me show you in the Bible where where it tells us about that. In Luke chapter 18, in verse 9 to 14, Jesus told a story, and it says this. It says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. That I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat. I don't sin. And I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance. And dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest with sorrow saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. This sinner, this tax collector, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. And Jesus said this, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And there's something about Elijah. When Elijah came before God, I mean, this guy, he was like the hero of Israel. He defeated all these uh, priests of Baal. He raised the dead. I mean, he performed these incredible miracles. And if anyone could have a big head, it was Elijah. But yet, when Elijah came to God, he realized that God was greater than him. And he humbled himself. Before God. And I tell you this morning, the prayer of perseverance is a humble prayer. It's a humble prayer. Not only that, but we also see that the prayer of perseverance is also an expectant prayer. When you pray, are you expecting God to do something? This is what Elijah did in 1 Kings 18, verse 43 to 44. It says that, It says, then Elijah said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. Go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Then finally, the seventh time, the servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand, rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, um, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Elijah expected it to rain when he prayed. And I believe that the reason people persevere in life is because they know if they do something long enough, 
that eventually they will get what they are looking for. The spider in the story of Robert the Bruce knew that if he span his web long enough or as many times, eventually the web was going to stick. Robert the Bruce found out that if he fought the British long enough, eventually they would defeat the British. Why? Because they did it with expectancy. They didn't go out with this defeative uh, uh, mindset of saying, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. No, they went out and they did it knowing it eventually it will happen. And Elijah was that man. Elijah, when he prayed, knew when he would pray that he was to expect from God. And when you are in prayer, I ask you today, are you expectant in prayer? Are you offering prayers up to God or requests up to God and thinking, you know, just kind of just throwing it out there, God, if, if, if it's your will, then let it be done? Or are you praying and saying, God, I am believing that when I pray, you are going to answer prayer? You know, one of the guys this week sent me a, uh, a text message, and I found it pretty funny, but it was really neat. And the text message said this. He said, praying is asking for rain. Faith is taking your umbrella. And I thought, that is so true. That's exactly what Elijah did. Elijah prayed, asking for rain. But then he went and told his servant, says, go and tell King Ahab, it's going to rain. It's going to rain because Elijah was so expectant in prayer. You know, the Bible tells us in so many different places, and we'd be here all day to, to try to read them, of that, how the prayer of faith or the expectant prayer is so effective. I want to just share two verses with you today. One is James chapter 1 and verse 6 to 8. It says there, it says, when you ask God, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. So don't kind of just think half in your mind that maybe God will do it or not. But don't waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from God. The Bible is saying if you don't expect of God, then don't expect to receive anything from God. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. And then in James chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, A prayer offered in faith, faith being expectant of God, a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you ever committed any sins, you will be forgiven. If you are not expectant in prayer, then it's impossible to pray like Elijah and persevere in prayer. You know, the Bible tells us that Elijah prayed seven times to God. When Elijah prayed, he prayed the first time and he said to his servant, Okay, go and look out towards the sea. See if you see any rain. And the servant came back and says, I don't see anything. So Elijah prayed. He says, okay, go out again. Do you see anything? And the servant says, I don't see anything. And this happened six times. And I don't know about you and me, but I know after six times of praying and asking of God and receiving nothing, I got a tendency just to give up. 
I can be stubborn, but not stubborn enough to pray seven times. But the Bible tells us that Elijah prayed a seventh time. And on that seventh time, the Bible tells us that the servant looked out and he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah took that as an answer to prayer. He was expectant in prayer. Because the prayer of perseverance is a humble prayer. It's an expectant prayer. But we also see here that the prayer of perseverance is a strong prayer. It's a strong prayer. If you are to persevere in prayer, you need strength. You need strength. You need mental strength and you need physical strength. You know, marathon runners are strong people. They have two kinds of strength. They have physical strength and they have mental strength. And I don't know if I could run a marathon because I'm not sure, well, physically I'm not in shape to run a marathon. But I don't know if I've got the mental strength to run a marathon. You know, to pray a seventh time after seeing nothing the previous six times requires strength. Physical and mental strength. Now imagine if Elijah had just given up at the sixth prayer. He would have given it a good shot. He was like, well, I prayed. I was humble before God. I was expectant. But God chose not to answer my prayer. We wouldn't have seen anything. The land would have still been in famine. People probably would have died. But Elijah was like, no, I'm going to stay strong in prayer. And I'm going to keep praying and praying and praying until I see my answer to prayer. And what we see is that on the seventh time, his answer to prayer came. You see, the one who prays the prayer of perseverance is the one who will never give up in prayer. You know, seven was an important number for the Israelites. And the reason seven was an important number, because they, the Israelites believed that seven was the perfect number. So if anything was like in seven, then it was perfect. And so when they're hearing this story that Elijah prayed seven times, they're, they're not hearing that, it, that it, you must pray seven times for everything. What they're saying, they're hearing, they're hearing that you must pray the perfect amount of time for God to answer that prayer. And so for some of you this morning, you may have prayed 15, 20, 30 times. You may have been praying for 30 years for something. But maybe it's not the perfect time yet to see the answer to prayer. But that doesn't mean that you give up. You keep praying and praying for some. The perfect number might be one. It might be three. I don't know. But all I know is that Elijah prayed the perfect amount of time. And then we see something incredible happen. In 1 Kings 18, verse 45 to 46. It said, so we saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. And in verse uh, 45, it says this. As soon as the sky was black with clouds, it takes faith. To look at a a cloud the size of a man's hand and think it's going to rain. It doesn't take much faith when you see the sky black and it's about to rain. But the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab the king left quickly to Jezreel. Then listen to this. It's kind of just, just incredible what God did for Elijah. It says, then the Lord gave special strength 
to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Something incredible happened. There's Elijah praying and suddenly God answers his prayer and you think, well, that's it for Elijah. But God's like, no. God gives Elijah like special, like Superman strength. And the Bible says that Elijah starts to run to the place and Jezreel was on higher ground because they knew the plains were going to flood. And Elijah ran faster than the chariot. He ran faster than a horse. I mean, that's just like unbelievable. I'm like, we need that guy on the British Olympic team because the Brits are not good at the Olympics. But Elijah was strong in prayer. There's another example in the Bible of of a man who was strong in prayer unto God. His name was Jacob. The Bible tells us that Jacob got visited by this angel who was of God. And and the the Bible says that, that Jacob started to wrestle the angel. And I'm not talking about like WWE wrestling. I'm talking about, you know, like high school wrestling, like, like real like wrestle. And he started to wrestle God. And as he started to wrestle, the Bible says that Jacob wrestled all night. And as he wrestled, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And some of you, you may need to pray and it may feel like a wrestling match. But you need to pray and pray and pray and do not let go of God until God blesses you. Until God gives you the answer to prayer. Until you see the rain that you've been asking for so long. You know, you may have been praying for something for a long time. Maybe for some of you it was for your spouse. Maybe for some of you, you've been praying for your kids. Maybe it was for a parent who didn't know the Lord. Maybe you've been praying about a a health issue that you have with you, or a financial issue, or or an issue about direction in your life. Whatever you've been asking of God, do not give up. Don't give up. For the prayer of perseverance is a powerful prayer. And when you humble yourself before God, And when you ask in expectancy, and when you stay strong, eventually, you will look out on the horizon, and there will be a cloud the size of a man's hand. And when you see that, you will know that your answer to prayer is coming. Because when you see that cloud, you know it's about to rain. James chapter 1. Verse 2 to 4 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance or perseverance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
Maybe you've been asking for God for a long time. And I don't know why God hasn't answered that prayer yet. But all I know is that continue to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Persevere in prayer. Because all I know is that while you're persevering in prayer, God is shaping you and he is forming you. And he is creating faith in you and creating endurance. And that endurance is growing. And the Bible says that as that grows, God is completing you. He is perfecting you. And there will be a day when you do not need anything. So continue in prayer.